Welcome to episode 5 of season 7 of Delving Into Dance. Before I get into the details of this fabulous episode, I have a request. It's time to contribute to make this little platform reach more people. We're currently raising money to get all the episodes transcribed. Text-based archives are vital for deaf audiences and incredibly useful for teachers who are using these interviews for their students. We all like free things, but projects like this do cost money. So if you can, please give large or small. Every bit counts. Now back to normal programming. This episode is with Bruno Elsalkovich and sits in a series that explores the experiences and views of dance that has the capacity to disrupt the everyday, the normal. Bruno is a Croatian-based dancer and dance maker whose work often explores the body as a reflection of society. This interview was conducted when Bruno was in Melbourne for Midsummer Festival. He was hosted by Philip Adams, whose episode also forms part of this season. I started by asking Bruno, when did he start dancing? It started when I was 17, 16, no 17. And then I started to go to the evening classes of um, one girl invited me because actually there you go for your podcast. I was taking drugs in um, on the parties, this trans nineties parties in nineties in Croatia they were like the, the pure liberation. Like just after the war everybody were really searching for new things and there was a big culture of this and very friendly culture, very loving culture. So we just went out and kept on dancing like uh, till we dropped and then one girl that I met on this parties like she said, Wow you need to go to these dance classes, come 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 and then I went and then the teacher she was just she was drilling me constantly and she put me in a couple of her performances and this is how it started and then I started to seek like more professional stuff and then I used dance to um, escape from Croatia like to go to study abroad yeah nice yeah but it was it was really I loved it because some, some wave took me away from all the things that I couldn't connect with in Croatia so I was kind of like on this um, um, border and, uh, uh, how do you say, when you're off off the center, <laughs> so I was always marginal. In marginal, the, yeah, 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 exactly. In the margins. Yeah, and as, a, as a gay boy growing up, I was like, fuck this, you know, like I'm just going to Holland. And, uh, and, and it, it was really nice. There I started the Dance Academy. So when you started dance, what was it? What was it like as a practice? What do you mean? Like in terms of that idea of escaping something through your body, I guess, or through doing the practice. I mean, I was very young, you know, I was, I didn't like think of it as a practice or something. I was still thinking of it then. I had very uh, um, superficial ideas about dance, you know, I was in love with these beautiful figures and I was... I was kind of like, I wanted to be a contemporary dancer in Batsheva or something like this. I mean, now I don't have this idea of dance anymore. But then it was really almost um, like um, thinking of an exotical island, like in that sense. And then during my study, I slowly kind of like molded more into what I'm interested at. And that was more um, body practice and... Uh, 
and more somatic practices and things like that. So I was teaching a lot as well when I finished my uh, dance academy, like uh, proper dance technique classes. But then this also kind of like washed away uh, by, I don't know, I lost interest for dance, honestly. <laughs> so yeah. What about it? Huh? What like why did you lose interest? I mean, interest in a sense of like just um, having dancing properly. You know what I mean? Like having this beautiful dance. That abstract dance doesn't have meaning for me. Like it, it doesn't attract me anymore. Just because it can be virtuosic, it can amaze me when somebody is fantastic, and I really enjoy to look at it. But uh, it doesn't motivate me to communicate with the same uh, with the same thing. So what motivates you now? I don't know, it, it's really, it's, it's, it's how, we, how we use body and how we perceive body and how we connect to the world, just being aware of, of ourselves, of, 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 I mean, many of my performances actually are dealing with that subject of uh, um, body as a reflection of society, in a way. Um, and what is it you want to reflect back? Well, nothing. I just, I just create things that are reflected by themselves. I don't think I need to create that much. You know what I mean? Like, I just need to find a loophole where I can um, make something kind of um, weird enough that you produce interest for observation. Yeah. And this is how then... Uh, this is what motivates me, in a way. Like the performance that you will see, the nudit, it's in a way very... Um, it's super simple. Um, it's also stupid when you describe it. It's like a person just stands naked in front of you and breathes. You know, like my husband always jokes with me like he's a breather, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> but in a way, uh, what you connect with it, like I, I, like, the, I like the reflection of, of, of observing eyes having this uh, uh, connection and feedback loop that's being created of, of just giving something super simple and allowing to go back to the uh, uh, to the basic stuff of what the body is not what the body can do but what the body is and, and what uh, what moves it yeah so essentially the audience is looking at your naked body in this performance yes so there's a sense of voyeuristic kind of element potentially in but the it's also audience. not because I'm looking back so it's not like in those uh, magazines from 60s or 50s you know when girl was just looking on the side or it's more it's more like accepted voyeurism like you are I'm more the voyeur here because I'm observing them observing me and this is then giving me the power position you know what I mean like it's not I mean, we are both in in the in in uh, agreement, but yeah. There's something in my PhD interviewing m many different people. There's something that came up quite frequently around the desire of the audience and that idea of the audience watching the body. And some of them, you know, really, I guess, sought to elicit desire in the audience or elicit a desiring gaze. In what they did. Um, what do you mean? Gay performers need the desire to. 
not necessarily gay, just ev- everybody okay, yeah. kind of going out there. I think that every performer needs to be, in a way, exhibitionist, in some sort of way. It needs to run through his veins, so, because he is exhibiting himself fully. But um, it needs to have also this other uh, background of, why are you doing this? It shouldn't be always... Uh, I mean, I definitely have some... Uh, uh, selfish. I'm, I'm kind of like fulfilling some selfish needs when I'm there with this performance. But I also feel that uh, um, they also have some. <laughs> it's almost like it's an agreement that we're all, uh, 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 yeah, we're all uh, agreed. To. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's that contract, isn't it? Like mm. they're pa- they're buying a ticket with a certain expectation, but then also you're breaking that expectation. Yeah, I mean, otherwise it will be just kind of like my own practice. Otherwise, you know, you, you don't meditate in front of other people to do it for yourself, right? But this is something that, yeah, I mean, why would I do dance if I don't love the audience? Yeah. Nudity is a feature in a lot of your work. Mm. Yes. Mm. Oh my God, yeah, 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 it is. And in three works, in three works, actually. I did a lot of works. But those three very well-known are nudity. And then people, yeah, one critic said, here we go again, Bruno obsessed with nudity. A new performance by blah, blah, blah. Why is nudity so sexualized? And like, how can dance... It's different in each culture, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I always remember the San Francisco story where there was this porn producer person watching my performance. And then afterwards he said that, he needed like 20, 30 minutes in the show to stop observing my body as a sex object. And then in Japan, there was no mention of sex. In Peru as well. In, um, I don't know, it really depends on culture to culture. So, in our Western world, where pornographic image is so widely presented, um, yes, of course, you think you connect nudity immediately to sexuality but also it's it's the terminology right because nudity and nakedness it's different yeah yeah and what what's your distinction between the two i don't know i mean english is not my mother language but so i don't know how do we say but it's okay so for me it's more i feel more naked when i'm undressing when i'm nude i don't feel naked you know what i mean like it's more this process of undressing and the expectation of what is coming or the way you, you, you undress and why you do it, to whom you do it. Like it, 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 it goes through my veins constantly. Like every time I do a performance, this, was, this for me is the most um, significant moment emotionally. Yeah. The, the way of disrobing myself. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a common experience for people that go to nude beaches or, you know, naked events, it's that kind and of... this is different even, because... It is different, yeah, yeah. but it's that disrobing that is the... that shift between, mm. I guess, the accepted to the body being present. Mm. I mean, for me, I, I had a chance to kind of, like, experience it a lot of times, and uh, one of my dancers reminded me of that because when we were doing the, the new that, uh, group piece that was 11 people inside, um, we s- sort of played with the material and then we had also these stories about nudity. And then she said, and this is the same experience that I have, because she was also, she's a dancer and uh, she uh, studied in uh, uh, Austria, so she was also, as me, 
posing a lot for uh, painters and sculptures as a model to earn for her living and for school. And um, she said like each time, she doesn't have a problem being naked in front of them, of her of them drawing you. But each time she came to the room and they were all behind their panels waiting for her to undress, to draw, she was all the time like she didn't know how to turn. Like is it like awkward if she's frontal and then just do or is it like should she do it like this? Because any cow day they were gonna see it. But you it's really interesting process and this for me I was doing it a lot in Holland, posing for painters and sculptures. Um, it's true, I felt it the same way. Yeah. It's always that moment. There's that work that you did that I read a great review about, um, was it Disclosure? Mm -hmm. And that was, a, was that a part of the work where the performers... Uh, disclosures, yeah, it went... It was inspired by the work Denuded. Because the work Denuded, it's only about the body, it's only about the physical tensions, we connect and we... Uh, kind of build up during our lives. It's about understanding of, of habitual uh, tensions we have and then how breath functions in accordance to that and how you can manipulate yourself with breath and how we forget to breathe in the belly and all the sort of organic things that are lost during the build up of our character. So I did the nudity first solo for myself and then I gave it to a girl in Croatia, and then I uh, also set it up with one boy in Hong Kong. He's from Philip, uh, he's a Filipino boy, and of course every performance is different because it's a different body, it's a different vessel of uh, of meanings mm. and of uh, ways the breath functions with his body tensions and with his culture and with his insecurities and fears and all of that. And then disclosures that came afterwards came out from these stories that I was telling you, that the girl said that she had the experience of undressing in front of painters and sculptures and la la la. So I was like, wow, this is such an interesting thing. So I was building up on moments in your life that change who you are, like uh, that define the course of your life. Because I'm sure that each of us can find a moment and say, yeah, right, if this didn't happen, Maybe I would be this, or if this didn't happen, probably I would do that. And that, uh, for me, if I didn't discover dance, I don't know where I would be. I'm scared even to think of that, because I was going into electrotechnical school in Croatia, and then my future wasn't looking bright in that sense. So yeah, that was for me like a, this whole connection was like, poof, that's it. And then we started to. Uh, connected with nudity and what does it mean uh, according to, uh, to society. And so what, I guess, are some of those questions or challenges that, uh, I guess, an artwork can throw to, a, throw to a society or throw to an audience? I mean, definitely because a lot of my work is dealing with uh, uh, fragility of, of a performing body, of a performing person. And for me, I'm interested like in that, in the fragile openness. Like for me, that's not a problem or a thing to hide or to place beautiful movement on top of it and then you don't see anything. But to me, that's, that's the tension I want to work with. And then this is what I also find, found out with disclosures. Like many people after the show, they really uh, could uh, 
how do you say, uh, resembled their own insecurities or lives, or they were also questioning how they were uh, um, handling their own breasts, for example, if you're a woman. So the girl was saying that she was constantly hiding her breasts, that she was constantly doing this, like collapsing, uh, like collapsing and, and putting her shoulders down, because as she was going into puberty, she got bigger and bigger breasts, and then she didn't, didn't like that because everybody started to look at that. And then she was just close her shoulders to hide her breasts, so they were kind of like the flat under the t-shirt. And this is the thing, and then she got the posture. So she built up a tension in her body and she constantly was like this. And that's very interesting thing to, to then discover of how the body reflects the society. Because she didn't hide it because of herself. She hide it because others were looking and looking for a very specific reason. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's not a problem that you see that. It's a problem what girls think that when it's revealed, what it does it mean. Yeah, so in that way... Uh, and there's so many tensions around, I guess, the body and how the body should be and look and feel and... Yeah, of course, we have this uh, culture of uh, idealistic body and... Yeah. It's... Yeah. I found it's very common, particularly... Well, it's common with everybody. But I think people that reflect on their body more frequently... Um, like dancers. Have, <laughs> like dancers, yeah. I've got a whole chapter in my thesis where I talk about the expectation around bodies and how people negotiate, particularly in the relationship to a contemporary dance company, mm. negotiate the expectations of the artistic director or the choreographer or how they look in the mirror. Oh my God, that's such a competitive yeah, environment. Yeah. That was a couple of times in the ensemble uh, situations and environments and... Yeah, what you what you're saying, it really it really was there. Yeah, yeah. And it was competitive also. I mean, it's competitive not only on this level. It's competitive on a, on so many things. Like yeah, and that expectation when your body doesn't. Align it's not even of like how you look. It's more even became of how relaxed you are about how you look. You know, it's almost like it's different. Yeah, yeah. There's one example where somebody told me that they stand differently within the rehearsal room because the artistic director said you need to stand more confidently or you need to take up more space and so all of a sudden they've got an insecurity about how they how they, exactly. how they stand there and present you go, there and, you go. and this connects very well to uh, to what Zizek said like before I mean I'm quoting him because it's really nice what he said he said like today it's not a guilt to fulfill your desire, what was before a big guilt, like you should be sustained and more Victorian and prudish. Today, you have guilt if you didn't fulfill your desires. <laughs> so it's more like it's, it's, uh, it's opposite from what, is, uh, from what was before, yeah. And so in many respects, your work, I guess, challenges some of those normative expectations. No, I wouldn't go so far that I would say it challenges. Maybe it challenges. It, for some people, it challenges, yeah. For a general population... Pro, yes, definitely, yeah. You know, it's... I, I guess it's about context again, though. Yeah, in Croatia it definitely challenges. Like, the nude definitely challenged a lot in, in Croatia as a performance. Why so more? Why, yeah. Well, because Croatia is very um, uh, country burdened with uh, religion, with patriarchy, with... Um, 
with uh, always being tough. We have war recently, so it's very kind of like a culture where you don't reveal your uh, your insecurities and your fragility. Mm. So when you go there, it's kind of like fuck, you know, like yeah, of course we all had. I don't know. It was really. I also think of Croatia as nude beaches. Mm? Yeah, Croatia has a lot of nude <laughs> beaches. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we had a lot of first of them in Europe because actually Germans started a culture, but as they were coming a lot to Croatia, I've cast, yeah, we had like we have one of the oldest nude beaches in Croatia, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think I went there. Which one? Um, in so Dubrovnik. Yeah. In a gay nude beach or? Oh, I went to quite a few. Um, Dubrovnik, there was oh, one... Oh, so the, the one in Lapa, the, 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 the island? Yes, and then there was one off... I just remember it was like a king or something from um, the UK who came up, came over to that island and wanted a nude beach. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't remember the name of the island. It's basically the whole... It was just a little island. I don't know. Uh, Devil's Islands, maybe, next yeah. to Quad. Yeah, quite a few gay ones. It was quite interesting how, I guess, that visibility of the naked body and also that quite overt sexuality that happened on those new beaches, which I know happens on new beaches elsewhere. But, but that's very a, also kind of like this nude beach idea, it's kind of like agreement. Yeah. Who goes there, goes there. I don't want to go there. Everything happens there. We don't want to know about it. Croatians are like that, you know, like it's a wall. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in Australia, those beaches would be shut down because they would be seen as too obscene. It's crazy, no? Not that we have a shortage of beaches either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in terms of the nude in different contexts, does the work for you change? When it's presented in different spaces, in different places? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I really get uh, um, actually always inspired by the uh, local region of the area I, I perform in, in. So in Japan, I really felt like such respect towards Buddha culture because my, my, my soul is also so sustained in the breath and in the, in the tension of the body. And um, it has a lot of this culture of... of of uh, minimalism and understanding uh, what like slight movement of a finger means. So I was quite aware of that. And later in the audience talk, this was really coming out. It, somebody said it's almost like an anthropology of a human development he saw in the performance. Like I said, in San Francisco, it was unavoidable to, uh, to, to run into a sexual dimension of the, of the work. In Peru, it was more mystical. It was more about uh, the meaning of the spirit and how it enters and the breath became something very spiritual and not in a religious way, but in a very, uh, like, their own background, uh, indigenous way. Then, uh, where was it so... In Serbia, when I was performing, for me, it was, like, so burdened with uh, nationalism and religion and... uh, so I really even went there. I was even going there in a sense of, of, as I was breathing, I was passing through the position of Jesus Christ, of uh, some, uh, uh, some, uh, how do you say, gesticulation of the hands that mean a lot. Yeah. So and, and uh, this was just passing truths, but it's still, yeah, I was uh, in, 
instructed, inspired by the lo local region where I was performing. And I guess with people looking at you too, you'd have to be quite aware of how people are receiving it. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and that would be hard to ignore or hard to, yeah, I guess ignore. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to ignore. You know what I mean? Like, everything is there. So, you don't want to ignore. That's why I'm there. Like, I, I want to get everything from you. Like, even if you don't like what you are seeing, for me, that's an information that instructs me of what I will do next. You see what I mean? Like, today I had a workshop of Denuded, and uh, we were really discussing about that, like, what to do with that kind of uh, insecurity. Because the person, he's trapped. It's a solo. He doesn't have anywhere to look at. You know what I mean? Like, he can look on his watch, okay, but whatever. <laughs> so if I have a connection with you, and we do have something, but this person, like, or it's too much for him to, to, to being in connection with you, or he just, like, looks away and then... But you have him, you shouldn't look away just because he looked away. You know, like, you're keeping because he will come back. And that will bring another wave of, uh, of even better understanding of him understanding of why he looked away or of you understanding you know like it's, it's really interesting what happens for me on stage in the nudes watching your face it looks like a bit of a game like... it, it is it, it became it became like I was uh, I'm doing this for so long in the beginning it was I mean the premiere it was close to fiasco I mean it was it was it was really silly for me because everybody came like People who loved me, people who hate me, people who were just interested because it was new to performance. So every I was uh, I, I shit my pants. I mean I didn't have pants, but I was I felt <laughs> it was it was really 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 stressful for me. And then later it became a game when I uh, when I exit from Croatia because this is also interesting. When I did a group performance, uh, and uh, first we showed it. Uh, in Budapest and in um, Italy. And my performers, who are mostly from Croatia, they felt more loose to perform. But when we came to Croatia, and there was a premiere, Croatian premiere, they're all stuck. You know what I mean? Because everybody comes who you know. Your mother, your sister, your brother, your boyfriend, people who hate you again, people who love you. So it's really, um, it's, it's really something on, on, on that idea. But then when we again went to New York, they were they were destroying it. They were really doing the best performances ever. So this uh, proximity helped me a lot when I went away from, uh, from your own environment. And this actually uh, said to me a lot of how I'm still trapped by Croatia. You know what I mean? Like, and of course then purified all the, all the garbage that was in my mind. Now I can perform in Croatia with no problem. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's something about that anonymity, I guess. Yes, and also about... Um, because this performance is really, really personal. So, when I look in the audience and there sits my... I don't know, ex-boyfriend that I don't want to him to be there or, you know, like some... You know, it, 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 it's silly. It, it sounds silly, but... Especially, yeah, I don't know. I, and it was first nude performance for me. Yeah, in that way. Yeah. How do you prepare mentally for that? Oh, now I just drink a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Um, 
might just throw myself inside of it because every time is different and uh, now I can surf on the feedback loop I get from the audience observing me and it kind of it, it got its own integrity by now and do you think like more broadly dance is a space to interrogate ideas or challenge ideas hmm I would say anything is if you know what you're doing you know, so what do you want to do through dance well this is what you said <laughs> <laughs> it's more yeah um I mean, yeah, there is a lot of hidden messages and symbolic still in the body that people uh, need to kind of digest. So definitely dance for me, it's really a, a tool that I love to communicate with. Yeah. A tool for you and a tool for the audience? Well, they bought the ticket, so it must have been a tool for them. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, of course. I'm not occupied with um, with delivering something that audience will like. What I'm interested at is moving at least one person in the audience. Like, if one person gets motivated by it, that it touches him so much that it resonates with him for for like in a sense that it will guide his thoughts, that it will it will fill his uh, emotional life in some way that will that will instruct him. She's satisfied, and this is. Uh, I think this is a great thing, yeah, in that way. And I think even a negative response to a work, too, is also uh, a response in the sense that it moves somebody to a position of response. They're not sitting there passively. They're, yeah, yeah. They're responding to it in a quite a visceral way It depends why is it sometimes. negative, yeah. It depends yeah. why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure as a performer you'd prefer them to have a uh, more transform... Well, if I don't have a respect for a reviewer, he can, she, he, she can write whatever they want, you know. It's just a laugh for me, but yeah, of course. If, if it's a bad one, I'm also not happy. Yeah. Do you find reviews uh, on the whole helpful, or do you find them something that you avoid <sighs> reading? Or? Uh, I like to read reviews that have kind of like a um, research to it, like some reading. I, I love to read in reviews things that I don't, didn't even knew about my performance. This is, uh, I respect this kind of re reviewers. I, ha I don't like this, this descriptive reviews, you know, when they say like, person went left and then she went right and then light went out and it was magnificent, she was wearing red dress. Like, what do we get from these reviews? So for me it's more about uh, reading, uh, yeah, some, somebody referring and reading it. Does it, change, does it change your performance? No. Or the way you think well, about it's it? Sometimes. Sometimes. I love to read a um, review from, uh, from Tasmania. Last time I was performing in uh, Australia. This particular performance in uh, Hobart in Salamanca Theatre. Yeah. And um, I, I loved the way women uh, read the, the, the performance. Yeah. That was really lovely to, to, to read like how she connected it to, to somatic experience and what she saw and what motivated her to think about it. So, yeah. In terms of running a workshop like you did today, I guess how do you impart your experiences within a workshop setting or an exploration? 
Uh, I share a lot of my private stuff and this is how I get uh, them loose in a way. This is, of course, it always works. So I always, uh, I always speak about my insecurities. I always speak about uh, my integrity. I always speak about my power and my um, fears. And, and this is something that uh, it is built then afterwards on trust. So I don't ask from them the same, but I get from them performatively the same. So for example, today, I got them naked in 10 minutes because we started to talk, ta-da-da, do and then I undress and we just continue talking about breath, we don't make a big deal out of it. And then we start to speak about the body, about the nudity, about sexuality, and then amazing things are opened because then they feel safe environment to be uh, fragile. And as I said, this performance is completely only about fragility. And actually, in contrast to the tensions we create to hide those fragilities. And what is that association between gender and sexuality? Did I answer your question because I went into digression? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah? Okay. In terms of, I guess, that intersection between gender and sexuality and bodies, dance is a very rich space for that exploration. And It just seems like your work kind of goes there, that all those intersections come together. I mean, when I was doing this performance, uh, a workshop in Peru, I had like two lawyers, one woman working in a primary school as a school teacher. She was 50 something. I got two people from the street now and then doing some theater or dance workshops. I got lady working in a grocery store on a counter. I got, and the, and the workshop was, Again, very described, nudity, and these people came, and I got two dancers, two actors. The biggest problem to address themselves had dancers and actors. Those other people, they were like, cha, cha, cha. They were immediately naked. It was amazing for me to, to discover. In the, in the culture that actually is uh, very much uh, uh, oppressed by religion and patriarchy as well, Peru. So, I mean, in, 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 when I was in Russia, in contrast to that, I felt really insecure of doing the workshop even, so I switched, because I'm doing another performance, a new performance, so I switched the workshop because when I saw them, I was like, I'm not going to get with them anywhere. It's going to be a torture for me and for them. And then I was also, I don't know, maybe tired, so I, I felt, and I asked them, would you ever, she said, no, 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 no. So Russians, it's like... It's almost like I need a different environment, different... It was done in a school, summer school. So I really needed... Uh, um, sometimes you need to be smart, like to give up from, from things and uh, offer people that will motivate them further. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was not then... Uh, kind of like, I, I had to do this workshop. I just I was like, okay, we have also other things to do, let's do this other workshop. So for somebody who is a lawyer or, you know, who is not an actor or not a performer, their, their experience it was lovely. their body must be so different. Yeah, the body must be so different and also the way they, they, they uh, util, uh, utilize the breath and the body tension and how they understand them. Of course, the, those bodies are not fully aware of every movement they make, but that is exactly where the, uh, uh, the beauty of it, like where the fragility comes in place. Because it's so suspended in, in body tension and breath that it also 
gives them a safe zone so they don't need to feel afraid that they will miss a step because they had to jump left and then turn pirouette and da-da-da. so they just need to follow their own uh, experience and this this was amazing like the, afterwards they were they even made like a, a Facebook group they are still meeting each other like doing the thing oh, <laughs> further amazing. on yeah it was really <laughs> they're writing like uh, messages like, I still have on WhatsApp the the whole group and like even I don't know two days ago I got uh, Somebody posted like, "Come all you guys to this workshop. It will be great." So they're still connected. It's really, it's really lovely. There's something about that uh, removing all those barriers as well to communication. Yeah. To, yeah. You know the tensions and the ways that we can, I guess, set ourselves up in opposition to other people. We kind of remove those limitations and remove those tensions or the way they see themselves. Mm. And we had, I had amazing experience with them. It was really. We all connected so well, and it was really something new for them. In a sense, like they felt proud of themselves that they could do, that they could go so far. And this was uh, I really felt uh, it uh, that it uh, inspired them, that it opened them, that it relaxed them. In terms of somebody, you know, listening to this, not going to a workshop, how can they themselves, you know, think about or maybe? look at their own body or you know is there ways that people can access it in their own private lives i don't know my work is really public thing so <laughs> we all do things privately you yeah. know and it's easy so uh i think just get out of the closet <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> like uh, what's the point otherwise if you will hide if and if you want it you know of course yeah maybe some people need to go step by step but, yeah, I don't have time for it. <laughs> <laughs> What's coming up? What's your next work? Or what are you working on? Um, it's, um, I'm doing a, a new performance, which is, will also be a group performance, and it will be all about shaking, different kinds of shake, and how shake can uh, communicate between bodies, and how vibration is, uh, is shared and... Uh, because shakings are common in everyday life. We shake yeah. a hand, we nod to say yes, or we say no, or we, when we fuck, we, we do very shaking thing as well. So it, there's so many things. And then I'm gonna have like nine people going through an hour and a half of this uh, shaking transitions between them. Wow. Yeah. So this is the, the next thing. Let's premiere this planned in uh, early June in Zagreb. Thanks for listening. You can find a list of links on the website. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can follow on Facebook and on Twitter. And if you like these episodes, please leave a review or show your financial support. Support this project that reflects the diversity of the dance sector. It is important to acknowledge the latest donors. A big thank you to Joe Thomas, Prude Lang and Natasha Phillips for your recent contributions. We would also like to acknowledge the support of the Victorian Government through Creative Victoria. Until next time, take care.